We read frequently, if unknowingly, in quest of a mind more original than our own. Harold Bloom Hello, friends, and welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. I'm Cheryl Nason. Our show features not only the hottest authors, but also introduces you to exciting new authors. They'll talk about themselves, and we'll talk to them about their latest project. Joining me today is Dr. James Sinclair. We're talking about his memoir, My Name is James. Dr. Sinclair received his Ph.D. from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. He was a professor at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge and a professor of international agriculture at the University of Illinois at Urbana. After his retirement as an emeritus professor, Dr. Sinclair was a docent and currently serves on the board of directors of both the Cranert Art Museum and the Spurlock Museum of World Cultures. Currently, he's serving on the Economic Development Commission for the Village of Savoy, Illinois, and he continues to support the Greater Community AIDS Project. Wow, Dr. Sinclair, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Welcome to Inside the Writer's Cafe. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. You know, writing a book is no small task. And the story of how you started writing in general is absolutely wonderful. Would you share that with our listeners? Well, when I was working as a bench scientist, I... Uh, all my writing had to be in the uh, passive voice. And, I, of course, I wrote in that genre for 40 years or so. And then I uh, retired, and as you uh, heard, I was a docent. And then finally I took some, uh, decided to take some writing courses in a program here at the University of Illinois. And so um, the... The writing course, both the writing course and the poetry course, both courses had a very fantastic leader. And what we did, we would write uh, whatever we had in mind and bring it to the class, duplicate it, and read it aloud to the class. And then then every member of the class uh, would remark and make comments and make suggestions for improvement. Well, I had to come a long way. I had to switch uh, writing from passive voice to active voice. And this is uh, how it all started. And I was uh, in my 80s when I started this. I think I was about 84. I find that astonishing. And as you and I were talking before we started the interview, I told you how sharp and how interesting I thought you were and think you are. What what made you decide to do a memoir? Because that's a pretty big undertaking to try to go back, think, and organize all of this information. Well, I felt I had a story that had to be told. Uh, it goes back, as a memoir, of course, I start um, being born. But anyway, uh, I soon, I had all the signs of a, you know, a man, a boy, a baby being gay. And then as I grew older, and had, I had to struggle with accepting myself and then trying to be accepted by 
my family and friends and uh, it's a story of the struggle of living through this era of discrimination and, and uh, gossip and, uh, and and instead of giving up uh, just sort of fight back and to make a career for myself it must have been I'm thinking about when you were born, and I looked at the chapters, and you've done a very interesting thing with the chapters. Each one of the chapters has a span of dates, and I noticed that chapter one is titled My Age of Innocence and starts in 1927, and then chapter nine is an opportunity of a lifetime and ends in 2010. So that's a huge span. And I'm thinking, I'm not 80, but I've, I've lived long enough that I, can, I cannot imagine what you must have gone through. Tell us a story that comes to your mind, a story that you really think the listeners should hear about that struggle for you. Well, in the book, I described uh, uh, a, a struggle I had at Louisiana State University where the department had uh, uh, found out um, by uh, oh, sort of undercover ways uh, that I was gay, and then he really came down on me. What he had done is arranged through the chief of police there to go and go back and, and seek uh, records of, of me and my past, and he found one where I had been caught in a uh, gay situation uh, while I was in graduate school, and but then it, this all passed. But then he dug that up and, and used this and threatened me with the facts. And uh, it in part was because he was jealous of the fact that I had been promoted to administrative assistant to the chancellor at LSU and was working with the, with him, the chancellor. And so he thought I would be in a position where I might uh, do him harm. And uh, so he he just turned against me and and gossiped and and finally uh, confronted me. He told me he had this uh, copy of the uh, arrest record, and he called me to his office and asked me to leave. And so I uh, consultation with the dean. and the chancellor, I decided the best thing for me to do was resign and get out of there. So, but it was a very traumatic period. And of course, I had my partner out there, and he, it wasn't for him and giving me the support and confidence I needed. And then the two of us decided we had to go, and, and so I looked for another job and ended up at Illinois University of Illinois. Wow. It's also a love story. Tell me about your partner. Tell me about Al. Well, of course, uh, he was my partner. We, we we met, and it seemed to be uh, 
finally uh, fell in love and uh, we just knew that we had to be together. And so uh, we and I stayed together until he died. We were together 47 years. And he always was my, he was my support, uh, took care of me in many ways, uh, uh, particularly as a professor. And I was always busy in writing, and as an international professor, I was always traveling, but he was always here when I got home, and, and uh, he was just, he was, uh, well, I guess you'd call him my soulmate. I, I'm so glad you found each other. Oh, yes, I <laughs> You do something. I got you to talk about this before we started the interview because I thought, I know that your book is a memoir, but you are such an interesting individual because of what you do. First of all, as I looked at your educational credentials and I looked at, at your author bio, I was just wowed by your credentials. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you do. You are a plant pathologist. And I told you at the beginning, before we started recording, that I really didn't understand what that was. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you did in your career, because it's very interesting. Well, I guess I I could call myself a plant doctor. And uh, it, it, it was a natural field to go into because I always loved plants and worked with plants. Uh, I specialized in, in virus diseases of plants, but plants have fungal diseases and bacterial diseases, non-parasitic diseases, and a whole array of diseases just like animals, humans have. And as a result, uh, my job at the University of Illinois was to be a professor of international plant pathology. We had a big international program going on in India at the time. And so as a result of this appointment, I was able to travel to over 40 countries professionally during my career. Wow. Now you're also a poet. Tell me about your book of poetry. What's the title of it? It's called The Poetry of James. This is another surprise. Uh, first of all, I didn't know I had these two books in me. That I, had, I should have told you earlier. But I took these, this, um, these classes as, for seniors at the University of Illinois. I took a poetry class, and, and uh, I started writing poetry. And all of a sudden, they just flowed out. My poetry book has 80 poems in it. And then um, I decided to illustrate some of the poems with my own drawings. So I have a that. So uh, that's another book I'm proud of. Um, and amazed that I could do these two books about the same time. The thing that I'm amazed about is that all of a sudden you retire from a career that's been amazing with all the international travel and and what you were doing you take these courses and it's like a whole new you has come alive at 80 years old i'm just stunned at what you've been able to do 80 poems 
Yeah, and I have no explanation for this. I have none. It, it just seemed like this was in my head somewhere, and given the stimulus and the opportunity, they just flowed out. I could sit at my desk, and all of a sudden I'd get a, a, a thought, and, and I'd sit down, and then I'm writing it as fast as I could write as this poem you know, came through my head. Or any poem, it uh, it was a wonderful uh, experience. Uh, it, yeah, it, it amazes me. It still amazes me that I was capable of doing this. You know, the creative process is kind of an amazing thing, and it happens differently for different people. And I think you just exposed a little of your creative process that all of a sudden there's an idea and the poem will just come pouring out of you. It's always interesting to me to hear about an author's creative process. Is the poetry book published? Is it out there as well as the memoir? Oh, yes, it's been published. It's published by Author House. And I think both of these books, my name is James and the poetry of James, are listed in Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and, uh, of course, the publisher, Author House. If our listeners want to get a copy of of my name is James, and I did not look for the poetry book. I didn't have its title, but I'll bet that it's there as well. I always go to Amazon because that's the place that so many people will go to purchase their books now. So I want to make sure before I say go to Amazon that everything works. I put the name of your book, and it's My Name is James by Dr. James Sinclair, S-I-N-C-L-A-I-R. There's a book search feature on the very first page. I clicked on that. The book came right up. And there's a really, really nice excerpt from the book. And you are an excellent writer. I enjoyed reading it. And I, your story is compelling. And I think that our young readers who wouldn't understand at this point in time what your struggle must have been like, if they pick up a copy of your book and read it, I think it will give them a different understanding of everything that you went through. So I would encourage them to go to Amazon, click on it, and then read the excerpt, and they can they can purchase the book right there. And I'll bet if they put in Poetry of James by James Sinclair, it'll be the same way. You also said that it was available at Barnes & Noble and on the Author House website. Am I correct? Yes. Now, you've got a website for you. Let's give our listeners your website. James B. Sinclair, Ph.D. And what else is there, Dr. Sinclair? Well, what's there is uh, some bio and, of course, the uh, two books are presented. And uh, if you go far enough, it will, it will, my whole uh, uh, I have an archive of my papers at the University of Illinois, and I think they'll they'll be listed there too. Are any of your drawings that you've done for the poetry book anywhere that we could see them? 
I haven't put them anywhere. No, they're only in only in the book right now. You know that might be something interesting to put on your website. Apparently, you also have an artistic side that's a drawing side that you didn't know about as well. I'm just, you have stunned me. I have enjoyed talking with you so very much. It's just been such a pleasure. What would you like to leave our listeners with about your book when they close it for the last time? What's the message that you'd like for them to take away? I would make, give the message, and I, I should put this in the book, and that is uh, people who are gay, like myself, they shouldn't be intimidated and, 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 uh, and, and afraid, or, and, and, but, but go ahead and develop themselves as an individual and develop their talents and go ahead in spite of all kinds of problems and negative attitudes. People won't speak to you and all this sort of thing, but just keep chunking along and and, uh, and, and make rather than so many young men um, who are gay get defeated and they go to the big cities and live uh, uh, you know, non-productive lives. And I, I think it's such a big waste. They need to just get in there and get into society and make their contribution. You have just been absolutely delightful. I hope that we get to speak again, and I'd like to thank you so much for being my guest today on Inside the Writer's Cafe. Well, thank you for having me. Our time is up, and we'd like to thank you for yours. We hope that you'll join us next time on Inside the Writer's Cafe, but until then, remember... Pick up that good book and read.